Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 75, Abstinence. The people suffer from hunger because their superior agencies have imposed a heavy tax. Thus, they are hungry. The people are difficult to govern because their superior agencies are too fond of meddling. Thus, they are difficult to govern. The people make lightly of dying because the excessive costs and seeking the means of living. Thus, they think lightly of dying. Therefore, the benevolent should be those who do not interfere with people's living, instead of those who value people's living. That's verse 75 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Shifu Huang. Next, let's break it down. This verse has four parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. The first part talks about hungry people. The second part talks about unruly people. The third part talks about who cares about life, people. And part four talks about abstinence. (laughs) Okay, part one basically says when the ruler eats too much tax grain as it's put in another translation, the people go hungry. So the ruler is basically taxing people too much and and the ruler is indulging in the fruits of the labor of the people and the land too much. The ruler is basically taking all of it for himself or herself. So of course... That's why people go hungry, because the ruler takes it all. 
Now, the same applies for both other cases here. The unruly folks and the people who don't care about life. It's all because the rulers are basically being greedy. And so I think the deeper meaning in all of this is, okay, well, you know, we could observe that, you know, maybe that's the way it was in feudal times, right? And maybe to a certain extent, we can look at the way that current socioeconomic systems are, are in place and how that results in all of that. And we can definitely see evidence of that. What I'd like to concentrate on, though, is what happens when I am the ruler and my spirituality is the people. When Dan, the human with the brain, is the one that is consuming too much, is imposing too much upon himself then Dan the Spirit gets kind of hungry. Dan the Spirit suffers a lack of compassion, of contentment and humility that Dan the Brain can give but isn't giving because Dan the Brain is too busy trying to get all these other things that make Dan the Brain feel safe and secure and happy and pleasured. So I think in this verse at least the way that I interpreted it was that the ruler is me and the people is my spirituality or it's the way I treat myself. You know, I mean, just like at the bottom, the bottom line is just, it's, it's how I'm treating myself. Am I treating myself badly because I'm in pursuit of corporeal things or am I treating myself with compassion, contentment and humility because I'm paying attention to that, which my spirit needs the practice of those things. And the other thing is that I find that, you know, and, and I feel like we've found this a lot, all of us, is that when we do practice abstinence, when we do practice what it says there in the fourth part, like the benevolent should be those who do not interfere with people's living. Like when I'm not interfering with my own spirit, I'm actually the happiest. Okay, so that means abstinence. Abstinence from what? Well, it means, well, what do I overindulge in? I can overindulge in pretty much any behavior. <laughs> that is easy. <laughs> um, all I have to do is pay attention to how good it feels, whatever it is. And I start to overindulge. And then the other thing that I find myself overindulging is, is fantasizing about things I'm going to get from other people the kind of prestige that I'll get from working on a project, the kind of good feels that I'll get if I do the right thing. That's all fantasy. Um, what I'm doing in those cases is, is overindulging in what I think I'm going to get out of something. However, if I abstain from overindulging in those things and I just do the things, I find that two things happen. Number one, I receive the gifts without any work, which is great. You know, I get what I want. I get what I need spiritually from all of that. And the second thing is, it's great. It's awesome. It's actually better than what I could have manufactured myself. So, 
in this verse today, I feel like we're basically making the case for abstinence and why we do that. And Lao Tzu does that in four parts. So to wrap that up, let's remember that verse 75 has those four parts. Part one talks about the hungry people. Part two talks about the unruly people. Part three talks about the who cares about life people. And part four talks about abstinence. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 75 again. The people suffer from hunger because their superior agencies have imposed a heavy tax. Thus, they're hungry. The people are difficult to govern because their superior agencies are too fond of meddling. Thus, they are difficult to govern. The people make lightly of dying because of the excessive costs in seeking the means of living. Thus, they think lightly of dying. Therefore, the benevolent should be those who do not interfere with people's living, instead of those who value people's living. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering abstinence. There are two things. The first is allegory. And the second is whatever you want, Mr. Reagan. Allegory. In feudal systems, the Lord would control the land and everything that was grown on it. And this verse seems to be referring to that setup. When the Lord got greedy and taxed the people living and growing crops on the land too much, they became hungry because there was nothing to eat. The Lord took it all. Maybe there were good reasons. Maybe the Lord wasn't being totally greedy. Maybe there were wars and stuff that the Lord was getting taxed for. Maybe there were state expenses for roads and bridges and things who knows the bottom line is that when this happened life would get rough for the inhabitants and of course they would need to survive so they would do what they could and maybe this meant stealing bread from a merchant to feed their families maybe this meant beating the beggars because they needed to take out their frustrations maybe this meant selling everything they had just so they could get by who knows the bottom line is that when people become unruly, it was because acting lawfully wasn't what was going to help them survive. And as a result, who cared about the death penalty? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. So who cares? We're just trying to do what we can, which is very little. Lao Tzu wraps up by saying that if the Lord was careful not to overtax, not put too many rules in place and treat all with dignity and respect, the people would be peaceful and prosperous. I feel like this can be directly applied to ourselves. This whole verse feels like a tidy allegory for me. So let's assume that we are the Lords and our spirituality is the people. When we eat too much tax grain, the people go hungry. When Dan the human, with a thinking tool called the brain, decides that he wants to feel fulfilled or safe or important or needs intimacy, 
He taxes his spirituality by neglecting it and paying attention to his body's corporeal needs. Dan the human with the brain knows nothing else. The human with the brain only, as opposed to the Dan the human with awareness, can't help but apply physical solutions to physical needs. But Dan the human with awareness can. Dan the human with awareness can look at the need for security, importance, and intimacy and become aware that these things he lacks are because he mistakenly forgets that he is already in possession of them when he's connected to and in harmony with the Tao. <laughs> of course, then, if Dan the human with a brain only is in charge, what happens is that in his search and manipulations for corporeal fixes, he impinges upon others. He gets them to do things for them. Maybe it's okay as a favor at first, but repeated calls for help turn into neediness and eventually turn people away. Dan the spirit becomes hungry and is telling Dan with the brain that he is starving. Dan the spirit is saying, please, just this is just way, this is the way things work. You, you just you do stuff for people and you don't worry about yourself and you automatically receive help from the Tao. And that's how it works. But the Dan with the rationalizing brain says, well, that's impossible. <laughs> that's silly. So Dan with the brain decides that he needs to redouble his efforts and asks for more from others. And when they get tired of supporting him, Dan starts taking matters into his own hands and starts up behaviors that provide him with a sense of security, importance, and intimacy. To either a lesser or greater extent, Dan the human with the brain becomes unruly because he is hurting himself and others by engaging in self-destructive behavior only in pursuit of what Dan the spirit has all along. Now, perhaps at some point, Dan the human with the brain gets tired so tired of trying so hard to keep things running. When this happens, as we saw in verse 71, he becomes sick of the sickness. And in that moment has a chance to cross the threshold and join Dan the spirit in harmony with the Tao. Dan with the brain has a chance to see that he's struggling for no reason. That all he has to do is be willing to see that perhaps he is like that fish in invisible water, only for Dan, the human with the brain, that water is the sense of self, the sense of aloneness, the sense of self-importance that keeps him from crossing the threshold. If he does cross the threshold, he becomes willing to see that perhaps he doesn't need to tax himself and starts the reparation process. Now, if he doesn't, well, the cycle continues. <laughs> so maybe the cycle continues and Dan, the human with the brain eventually gets so tired of the corporeal stuff at, at several occasions, life seems meaningless and just a series of morbid struggles. And what then? Well, Dan, the human with the brain takes bigger and bigger risks to get what he thinks he needs. And along the way affects more and more people negatively. And by now Dan, the spirit, is holding on as best as he can, but he, too, is tired, and both of them are just about ready to give up. And what started out as the moment of birth into this world as a universe of infinitely positive possibilities 
has now become a morass of meaningless, unfulfilling pursuits. At this moment, Dan, the human with the brain, gets another chance (laughs) to be sick of the sickness, can get a glimpse of what's on the other side, can see that perhaps he's been working way too hard at fulfilling himself and sees that there is a better way. The practice of compassion, contentment, and humility. Perhaps he sees for just a moment how it all works. How when he practices those things and lives to make Dan the spirit whole and his spouse the spirit whole and his co-workers the spirits whole and his friends the spirits whole, he finds that which he was seeking all by himself to be delivered to him by a multitude of others, bearing those gifts gladly and with joy in their hearts to give him, Dan the human with the brain and the spirit, orders of magnitude greater than he could find or produce the gifts of compassion, contentment, and humility. Whatever you want, Mr. Reagan. Do we have a deal, Mr. Reagan? You know, I know this steak doesn't exist. I know that when I put it in my mouth, The Matrix is telling my brain that it is juicy and delicious. After nine years, you know what I realize? Ignorance is bliss. Then we have a deal. I don't want to remember nothing. Nothing. You understand? And I want to be rich. You know, someone important. Like an actor. Whatever you want, Mr. Reagan. It seems to me that the Tao Te Ching talks about unplugging from the Matrix. It doesn't really talk about what's next, though. Lao Tzu says that that is what's indescribable in the nameless Tao. To an uninitiated Dan, the human with only a brain, of course, the food is tasteless, the world seems bleak and boring, and it feels a bit lonely, just like what it's like outside the Matrix. But to the initiated Dan, being outside the Matrix tells me that it's all fake anyhow. And if I get started on working on my real reality, I can not only feel awake and alive, but I can participate in how it is shaped with my fellow initiated and unplugged humans. So what's next? What happens when we decide that we will cross the threshold and break on through to the other side? Does the world still exist? Do we still have to do human stuff? And what about pleasures of the flesh? Do we have to swear off all these? Well, my thought is that once we awaken, we realize that this has always been the way that it is. And yes, we still have human things to do. Humans require energy to continue living. So if we want to continue living outside the matrix, there is a minimum set of things we have to do. You know, like eat, sleep and maybe keep our living places clean i feel like we can still enjoy the taste of a good meal though as i understand lao tzu i can still do this if i remain unattached to it if i can appreciate it for what it is allow the sensation to be impermanent and move on and then if i can forget about it 
I can still do it. So the things that before we awaken are pleasurable are still pleasurable after we awaken. But we're able to place them in their proper perspectives. I feel like once I realize there's a whole other Tao to experience, that doesn't just change everything at once. I must practice connecting with it. I can actually do that with my senses, my brain, and life situations. It's kind of funny how nothing changes, but everything changes. (laughs) What was before important to me, pretty things to look at, good things to smell, tasty food, awesome music, and how things feel, still exists and still brings me pleasure. But what's changed is I'm no longer living for those things. They become temporary, pleasant byproducts of being human. So is that like chopping wood and carrying water? The same stuff? I feel like yes, it's the same. But what I do with it, what I'm capable of doing with it, that's what changes. I change. My ability to use what's in front of me to grow myself and in the process help others, that's what the upgrade is. (laughs) Life beyond life, I suppose. For me, this verse asks me to consider that it is I who deny myself the chance at a fulfilling life by chasing after those things I think will make me happy. When I don't make the corporeal stuff important, my spirit thrives, and I even do get a little corporeal pleasure now and then. But the real prize of not eating too much tax grain, behaving in a loving manner toward myself and respect for my life that I gain, is the opportunity to live in a higher truth, a realer reality, that I have the ability to shape and share with others. So that'll pretty much wrap up my experience with this verse today. To summarize, and in considering abstinence, I thought about two things. Number one was allegory. And number two was whatever you want, Mr. Reagan. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of abstinence in this verse today. So how do we apply this verse's principle in our daily lives? It's nice and all to know that I'm in the matrix and I have a choice to unplug from the matrix, but how does that help me actually live my life? Well, I think we can take a clue from the first line. It's really about overindulgence, isn't it? The people go hungry because the ruler eats too much tax grain. Okay, so in what do I overindulge? I mean, there's the easy ones, right? My behaviors, eating, relaxing, working. If it's a habit or behavior, I can do it too much at the expense of other things in my life. But what about the subtler things like emotions? Do I indulge in emotions? Don't I like anger just a little? (laughs) That fiery burn is kind of intense and whoa, especially when I'm right about something or especially when I've been wronged, then it's pure justification. So indignantly, of course, I can ask myself, well, how am I overindulging in anger here? hmm?" In a conversation with friends about five weeks ago, we were discussing this very thing, anger, how it feels good at first, but how eventually It grows out of control and just saps our strength. And we're discussing how to deal with it. 
Now, for me, anger is a tricky thing sometimes because when I feel it and don't want to be feeling it, it seems to stick around longer than I want. And when I don't mind feeling it and I kind of like it a little bit, all I have to do is pay attention to it and it grows. So why? I mean, the question of the day is how to control it, right? I feel like a big part of what I can do with anger is to sit with it. And that's what we came up with. And I thought a little more about it too. When I sit with anger, or any emotion really, I'm allowing it to be. I'm accepting it. So I'm neither indulging in it by justifying things, nor am I trying to resist it. Which causes more frustration when I can't let go. So I guess the question I can ask myself is, would I be willing to sit with this feeling for a bit? Would I be willing to allow it to be here? And if that answer is yes, then I can settle in and just be with it. I can watch myself start thinking about it and begin justifying my point of view, my behavior, and trying out scenarios in my head to see if in another situation I would still be right. And when that was the case, I would be feeling a fresh dose of anger. Or, if that answer is yes, I could notice that I am replaying the situation and remember not to eat too much tax grain. I can remember what I'm doing. Just sitting with it and allowing it to be. Without justifying anything. Without fantasizing about how I'm right. Forget overindulging, just without indulging in it. <laughs> now, 100%, this is way easier to talk about than it is to do. <laughs> Luckily, I have some time to practice it. I also have compassion for myself. So that when I don't get it right, which usually happens, I can keep trying. And then I might extend this practice to other areas of my life. And I'm not relaxed, I can ask why. Then I can ask why I'm indulging in it. Am I fantasizing about how this project I'm working on is going to help me professionally? Am I fantasizing about that afternoon cup of coffee? Am I attaching to an outcome that I desire for myself? <laughs> like there's a lot, isn't there? Like plenty of practice opportunities. <laughs> so I think I'll continue to practice abstinence. Thank you for considering with me how to do that. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 75 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Shi Fu Huang. The people suffer from hunger because their superior agencies have imposed a heavy tax. Thus, they are hungry. The people are difficult to govern because their superior agencies are too fond of meddling. Thus, they are difficult to govern. The people make lightly of dying because of the excessive costs in seeking the means of living. Thus they think lightly of dying. Therefore, the benevolent should be those who do not interfere with people's livings, instead of those who value people's living. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. 
In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.